0: everyone back to the podcast that you've been waiting for it is the bull from the blue podcast it's been a long time since we have uh, seen you before we've heard from you before but now we're back and we've got the people that you would hope for right here with us and we're going to start off with bernard bernard how are you doing
1: I'm alright mate, I just want to apologise to our millions of listeners if I, if I do start coughing a little bit don't, uh, don't worry too much, I've just got a, a bit of a chest infection, but I'll be there tomorrow, don't worry, I'll be there cheering the boys on as much as I can tomorrow
0: And guys, would you believe it we have got our own like, version of the most uh, exciting guy I think on uh, on Twitter at the moment, we've got Ray, Ray, how are you doing?
2: Hey, I'm all right. If you could see me, guys, uh, which you can't, thankfully for you, it would ruin your uh, New Year's. I'm. Um, yeah, we're not so lucky, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the monsters, are I? Am I one of the monsters? That's it.
0: <laughs> all I'm right, guys. Well, we, we, we do have an agenda tonight. and I guess, uh, <laughs> guys, uh, we probably should start by saying Saying something about uh, Pele, and uh, obviously uh, he uh, passed away at the age of uh, eighty-two. Now, guys, I I don't know what your memories are of him. I was certainly uh, too young. I think probably Ray was as well to really, uh, and probably um, Bernard as well, really to appreciate his um, his uh, real real skill. I remember my my memory was. I remember walking along a road with my friend, uh, Stephen Johnson, who was a Liverpool supporter, and we were trading football cards. And he showed me this card which said, The Great Peel. So we, he, <laughs> he, he, did, he didn't know how to pronounce it. And he said, well, this, this is the greatest player in the world. And um, then there was an enormous gap until I finally saw him. In the movie *Escape to Victory* with Sylvester Stallone, and that was it, guys. Apart from that, it was just like a YouTube videos. Um, Ray, well, what what are your memories?
2: My dad told told me he was the best player in the world, so that was good enough for me. But my memory is obviously uh, he won his last World Cup when I was two years old, so uh, I you know I don't remember that, even though I got. Uh, good mem good memory at times i don't go that far back i remember him in the in the late late 70s i think when he went to play in major league soccer or whatever it was called then yeah um,
0: 1975
2: that was yeah yeah he went to uh, new york Cosmos, i think so uh, you know we heard a little a bit about him and then probably at that sort of time 75 76 i, I kind of was really into my football uh, really into my history of football and records and stuff. Um, and so you'd read about this this guy, the only person, the only man to have won three worlds, allegedly scored a thousand goals, uh, you know, and you could see bits and pieces on, on, on telly on him occasionally. Um, but, and, and subsequently we've seen amazing pieces from him. Uh, and uh, he's got to go as one of the time grades.
0: You saw the movie though, Ray, didn't you?
2: Absolutely, it was good old you red saw, kick. That you
0: saw his the, b- bicycle kick.
2: Wasn't he about forty odd years old? And that was a first take. He did one take.
0: All right, now let me just go to uh, uh, Bernard and say, Bernard, um, which former Manchester City player was in that in that movie?
1: What do you mean, which former? There was a couple. So, I mean, what do you mean, former? For, former players. Mm-hmm. Of course, Buzzer and Dana were in it.
0: Yeah, obviously Buzzer. Uh, but uh, also
1: Kazier another... <laughs> Kazir Dana.
0: Kazir Dana, he played one of the... Um, if you watch the movie, guys, and I really recommend you download that. With, Not with them. Them.
2: <laughs> Don't spoil it for them. Don't tell them what happened.
0: no, no. <laughs> There's going to be new spoilers, but guys, I'm sure that you've got many ways of downloading downloading these things illegally on the Pirate Bay.
2: Legally, legally,
0: <laughs> legally, I shouldn't have said that, but yeah, um, uh, it, it's a it's a fantastic movie, actually, uh, Bernard. Um, tell tell me uh, your memories or, or whatever you know, uh, from Pele when you were growing up.
1: Well, I think you've sussed it there. I mean, in 1970, that was my. If you like, the first year that I really got involved in the World Cup. I mean, Colin Bell was there, Franny Lee was there, uh, Bobby Moore was playing against Brazil. And Pelly what for me, Pelle was Brazil. He had some great players, but you just knew him from that, and from then on, he was he was just a legend. It was as simple as a as a ten-year-old kid watching that, crying my eyes out when we got beat by West Germany. But so happy when uh, when you know Brazil won and beat Italy in the final, wasn't it? I think in that year and uh, yeah, that was the first time I was there. I was there for World Cup Willie in nineteen sixty six, but uh, I don't remember too much of that one. But definitely my my first ever World Cup and, well, Ray, and since then, I mean, Pellet Pelly's an enigma, isn't
0: he? Uh, Ray, I do want to preempt another special pod that we're going to do together. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you six players, and I'm gonna ask you uh, to put them in in order. Okay, here we go. Here's the six: Pele,
2: Maradona,
0: Lionel Messi, George Best, Johan Cruyff, and uh, Franz Beckenbauer.
2: OK, uh, I've got to start uh, with Messi because I've seen the most of him. Um, he's been more recent, but he's been incredible. Um, then, then it's tough. Then it's tough. Uh, I'm going to go for joint second, Pele and Maradona. Maradona was incredible. If, if the guy hadn't been corked up to his eyeballs, he might have taken top spot. Uh, he, he might have had a, a bit more uh, in his career uh, and more highlights, but he was incredible. Pelly was incredible. As, as people have said, whatever you see being done now, Pelly did it during his career. All the wonderful tricks that you see players doing and all the new inventions, Pelly's done it. So I'll have them as joint second. You've got Georgie Best. Uh, I'll put Georgie Best fourth. Not to keep you happy, mate, but um, he had tremendous skill, tremendous skill, and balance, um, uh, dribbling ability was second to none, great burst of pace. But he soiled his legacy a little bit with his behaviour, and his he, and he needed a bit more time, and more longevity to his career. Uh, then I'll I'll say joint joint fifth Beckham, Barry.
0: Okay, uh, well, it's interesting, uh, Bernard, isn't it? Because um, no matter who talks about when they talk about the top 10 players in the world, there's kind of like there's kind of like a a mostly agreement about those top six. Where would you put them? So once again, uh, Pele, Maradona, uh, George Best, Johan Cruyff, uh, Beckenbauer. And um, who was the other one? Messy. Messi. Okay, so yeah, let's let's have Bernard's opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, per- personally, I only have a bit of a downer on someone like Mar- Maradona because. Uh, again, I think is is a, a little cheat as well. So I, I would never put him near the top because of his as what he was as a footballer. I'm not talking the '86 thing. There was other little things over time as well, on and off the pitch. So I would never put him high up the list anyway. George Best. Every time I watched George Best play, he got beat. We beat him. So I'm I'm quite happy to put him anywhere you want. When I was a kid, <laughs> yeah, City City, City, City played show. United. Uh, George Best hardly ever was on the winning team. You know, it was, it was City always stuffed him. So I was quite. I'm quite happy to put him wherever you want because he didn't do anything against us. Sorry. So, uh, someone
0: said to me tonight, he never got he never got the best of um, you know of uh, Mike Doyle, or he never got the best of like Willie Donachie or people like this. You know. Yeah.
1: I mean, don't don't forget, guys, in the in the late sixties, seventies. We, we were brought up to hate United, so George Best is never, ever going to be in my top six of anything, and that's just a personal thing. Uh, oh, no no offence to you, Michael, obviously, from where he's from, but that's just how we were brought up. That's just how we were dragged up in those days to uh, dislike anything United. So, But as far as the top's concerned, uh, you, yeah, you're talking Pelly, Messi, but I say there's not not much you can say from, from a defensive point of view. Uh, yeah, I mean Beckenbauer. Uh, there wasn't much apart from perhaps Bobby Moore and his pomp. Uh, there wasn't much to compare to him as well. If you're looking at positions, so yeah, that, that's my little thoughts on it. Anyway, a little bit different to what perhaps Ray was saying, and you might think.
0: All right, all right, guys. Well, that's uh, that. That that's something that we did have to mention. It is our tribute uh, to uh, the great, uh, the great Peel or the great Pele, and. Um, uh
2: last name Lee.
0: yeah we wish his family well and uh, uh we uh, we you know we we give our tribute to one of the great players of the world anyway guys let's get on to some other things um guys what about uh, our world cup winner julian alvarez if you've been watching twitter you've seen that city have put up a video array of him coming back uh to the city training ground i don't know if you've seen that yet
2: No, I I, I knew knew he'd come back early. He was supposed to be coming back. Pep said he's going to come back uh, after New Year's Day. He's already come back. He's already had a training session. Uh, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench um, tomorrow night. Obviously, recording this on Friday. So, uh, tomorrow afternoon, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench. And definitely, I expect him to play against uh, Chelsea next week.
0: What do you think, uh, Bernard?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what a great time for him. Absolutely fantastic. As you know, I did my little vlogs during the World Cup, and obviously, Al, it was nice to have Alvarez in the final. And all oh, credit to the young lad. I mean, all right, the final, it wasn't the best of his games he played, but hey, he had, certainly had a big impact. On the, on the tournament as a whole uh, once we got past the first game. And I, I don't think he featured, did he? I think he might have come on a sub or something like that. But fantastic. And I, I would have rushed over. I mean, obviously, once he'd been to his celebrations in Argentina, the first thing I would have wanted to do would be go back to my, my mates at my football club and and that's what he's done and I hope he I hope he enjoys it and and gets the most out of it because he, he thoroughly deserves it. We I mean, we've not had many in our time as City fans. We've not had many players who've actually won the World Cup while they've been City players. If any, any have there been any? I don't know. I don't think so. So uh, let's let's enjoy it. Does, um...
0: David a Silver. Question he was from... in the
1: squad one too. Yeah, he was like a squad player though, wasn't he? In the in the actual tournament, I'm I'm thinking had an actual impact, if you like, with a scoring semi-final goals, stuff like that. I think David, I think he played a couple of sub appearances from memory, and he played in the build-up to it, all the you know the the qualifiers. But I think they sort of left him on the bench, didn't they? I think for the key games.
0: Yeah, well, I think he played a wee bit more than you're than you're giving him credit for. Uh, Ray, what Man City players have won the World Cup?
2: Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Julian Alvarez, David Silva. Um, let's go back to the. Uh... Let's work it out. As long as they have to be, do they have to be current
1: City players at the time, or do it they, they, they have to be have players to play for City
2: at some point in their career? Because then you get Jerome Boateng. You get actually you probably get quite a few um, yeah, cropping yeah. up. But that, that 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 gets into the realms of hard work because you know. <laughs> but you're right. They, no, they weren't playing for City at the time. They weren't stalwarts at City. Jerome Boateng was at City for a season, and then he's he's won the World Cup. You know, you probably. Uh, Find a a French player. Ottomandi. You'll probably find a couple of French players um, who won the World Cup and uh, subsequently played for City. So uh, I'm just trying to think. Uh, Can't think of anybody. (laughs) An Elka was. Well, well, well,
0: Bernard, I'm going to give you an easy question to answer. Uh, Which Manchester City manager came in and laid down? His uh, World Cup medals on the table,
1: <laughs> Mister Ball. <laughs> it is, yes, it is. good old, good old Alan Ball, the legend, the legend that is.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, not gonna um, disparage him too much. Safe to say, a much better player than a manager. But anyway, guys, let's move on because we've got to move on. Let's talk first of all about this game against Leeds now. Uh, Ray, this mm. was a very interesting uh, situation, and uh, what I'm going to do first of all is um, something that we always do, and that is uh, we uh, we go over to uh, Bernard and we just go through the lineups and we just think we just th- we just kind of like ask Bernard uh, what kind of predictions that he might have had. Now, guys, here's the lineup. okay? So we had Ederson, Rico Lewis, Nathan Ake, John Stones, Akanji, Gundogan, Rodri, De Bruyne, Grealish, Mares, and Holland, or as Colin would tell me, Holland. Okay, so what do you reckon, uh, Bernard, um, how many of them did you get?
1: I got eight of those, so I was quite happy about that. The, the big surprise for me was Bernardo not starting the game. That that was the biggest shock for me. Uh, I had Cancelo in my team, I had Foden in my team. I mean, Foden was another one, wasn't he, that was a big, big surprise not starting. So I got eight and at this stage of the season, I, I, I don't think that was bad and it was uh, not a bad little team.
0: Yeah, Ray, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I would never have got Rico Louis starting.
2: Uh, I looked at it and thought Kyle Walker didn't play the first couple of games for England so um he's he was less uh, utilized than some of the other uh, England players so I thought he might start for us um because he he's now fit and he, he hasn't you know gotten any miles under um, uh, um, under his belt this season so far um surprise obviously like Bernard that Cancelo didn't start um would never have got Aki starting at left back and uh, up front not on a month of Sundays would I pick Jack Grealish to start, <laughs> no never um, <laughs> you know uh, I want some. I want someone with genuine ability to start for me not Jack Grealish I would have, I'd have had Foden as well and I'm surprised Bernardo didn't get a start so but like Bernard said, it's it's hard to gauge. You know, we don't know the fitness levels of the players They come back from the World Cup. Everybody's at different levels. Some have worked harder uh, than others. Some, like uh, <laughs> our friend and Mister Calvin Phillips, may, may, he did a bit of a Nazri, didn't he? He did a bit of a Nazri, <laughs> a little bit pudgy, uh, not fit enough to train. Apparently, he's too heavy to train. Um, so uh, yeah, well. Um, I think he sorted himself out now, but yeah, it was very difficult to to have an idea what who Penn was going to pick, and um, yeah, so it, it came up uh, with a few surprises.
0: Well, let me ask uh, Bernard a question now, Bernard. You've got to be honest with us now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always am. I always am. I, I'm going to go through the Leeds Leeds lineup, and you tell oh, me, <laughs> you, you you tell me if you know any of these guys. Here we go. We've got Meslier. Christian Christensen, Estruic, Cooper, Koch, Rocha, Forshaw, Aronson, Gonotto, Greenwood, and Rodrigo. Um have you heard of any of these guys?
1: Yeah, only like Aronson. I've I've heard of him. Uh the goalkeeper I've heard of, obviously. And Uh, One or two did play against us last season, so yeah, I mean, I've heard of them, but that doesn't that doesn't mean uh, anything special, does it? It's uh, you know, it was uh, it was what's what's the word uh, I'm looking for? It was a sort of uh, interest interesting team, but uh, we're not expected to hear of Leeds players, are we? In all fairness,
0: no, that's true. But um, I'm going I'm going to like have some fun with Ray. Because I think the the only person that I recognize on their their whole lineup is one of the subs, and it's one of the people that Ray a couple of years ago reckoned that City should be interested in a guy called Junior Firpo. Do you remember that guy, Ray?
2: Junior Firpo. Did I say we should be interested in him? I think I did. He was a young kid about like three years ago, three four years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we will link with him. Um, this, uh, this was back in season uh, th- season three of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. So Ray, Reck- Ray 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 reckoned that he was a a prospect.
2: He was a prospect. But I mean, I'll be honest, I have heard of a few of the league players. I'm not as uh, ignorant as you two. Um, but <laughs> that's partly because <laughs> that's partly because. Uh, uh, all right, I'll, t- I'll take that back. Not ignorant. I'm not as uneducated as you two. Um, uh, it's because I, I I do partake in uh, fantasy football league, so I've heard of a few of the players I've seen. You know, people like Rodrigo uh, scored a few goals this season. Uh, heard of a few other players, um, Greenwood, and um, obviously the keeper is he's, he's well. He should be well known because he's not done too badly for a young kid. Um, but yeah, probably like six or seven players you know, you've you've either never heard or or if you've seen them play in the past, you've forgotten about them very quickly.
0: Well, let's go over to Bernard. Bernard, Ellen Rune was absolutely packed. And um, from the comments that uh, Pep made before the game, Bernard, he didn't really fancy it, did he?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, if you've got to play the team that are 15th in the league and he's got to say he doesn't really fancy it, well, there's only five other teams that are worse. So, yeah, it's a bit of a... It was a compliment to Leeds, obviously, uh, what he said. But uh, as I say, as far as we're concerned, it, it, it could have been worse, I think.
0: Mm. Ray, let's talk a little bit about Erling Haaland, because in the early stages of the game, uh, we'll talk about him a lot more, I guess. Mm. But um, it looked like he'd uh, left his shooting boots at home.
2: Well, <laughs> to be honest, in that, that first half, you could have thought he was Jack Grealish. He was that poor uh, in front of goal. Uh, missed two pretty uh, presentable opportunities. He missed another one in the second half. You know, he, he'd missed that afterwards. He could have got four or five. And and let's be honest, he should have. He should have. He's got, you know, that much uh, skill and um, uh, st- uh, status and stature. He missed one in the first minute. Uh, a kanji through ball. Um, he, should, he was trying to lob the keeper. The keeper got his fingertips to it. And uh, it um, that slowed it down and it got cleared uh, before it entered the goal. And he had another chance later on, disappointing uh, again, weak, very weak actually. Uh, it was nice. Uh, KDB passed uh, given the pass, uh, and he hit it straight at the keeper. So that was, um, yeah, it wasn't great. But the good thing about that is, and he'll always get the benefit out, or he's always got credit in the bank, uh, and he always comes good.
0: Yeah, let's go over to Bernard. Bernard, uh, the opening the opening exchanges were kind of interesting. What? How did you feel about the way that we that we started?
1: Well, what I actually noticed, no one else seems to have picked up on it, and so I'm I'm sort of thinking that I've seen something obviously there uh, that isn't there. But I just thought the pitch was playing really weird. I, I thought the ball wasn't carrying. Very well. Uh, there was that first chance for Haaland. I, I thought the ball held up. He expected it to come a little further. You look where the keeper was, and if you if you look at him, he saw the ball sort of doesn't stop, but it doesn't, it doesn't bounce as it you expect a ball to bounce. So whether Leeds had sort of kept the pitch, you know, we, we have this from Klopp, don't we? I'm not, I know Pep's not going to do it. Kept the grass a little bit longer or something. I don't know. But I on, I honestly thought there was a, a problem with the With the uh, with the pitch, I don't think it was certainly the bowling greens were used to playing on, you know, which is fair enough. If Leeds want to do that, that's up to them. That's fair. That's fair enough. But I think KD we had a problem early on as well. But I think he sussed it out. Like a, a cracking snooker player, he, he sort of sussed out very quickly the how the table or how the pitch was, was rolling. So I think KDB grew into it because he got used to it. But I think people like Carland and Grealish to some extent, certainly what at least one of his chances, I think the ball didn't do what it should have done uh, before he put it over the bar. It's, I think, the first effort. So, yeah, I do, I do think it was poor finishing, but I, I honestly think there was a little problem... With the pitch as well. I mean, I might say I'm not making excuses. I, I just thought the, the pitch wasn't as good, perhaps, as it could have been.
0: Okay, well, let's go over to Ray again. Um, Ray, um, one thing that started to catch my eye, and apparently I was not the only one, was uh, the contributions of Rico Lewis. Now, we'll talk about him a, a little bit uh, later on, but um, we got no less than the scribes of the Guardian, Ray. Saying that this is Pep's dream uh, right back, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if we get any credit from the Guardian, uh, <laughs> there, there, there must be something to it. What did you think?
2: Look, the kids just turned eighteen, just turned eighteen, uh, and okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take you back. I'm gonna take you back to when we built the academy. Okay, many best part of uh, eight, nine, ten years ago. And when I first started in uh, um, YouTube videos, I I remember uh, several years ago saying that we will, the, the plan is to have a conveyor belt of talent, young, local talent, grown up, supporting Man City coming through the ranks. Okay, and that's what we can see that happening. We can see that with young Rico Lewis. If you've seen the goal by young McAtee for Sheffield United, who is uh, I think is on loan with them, great goal, ran about 80 yards, uh, great composed finish. Um, we see Cole Palmer in and around that first team. Um, you know, we obviously we, we've got Fordon there. Um, so we've got young, talented players coming through. And I also, um, said, you know, it's, it's going to be great when. They've got the DNA of City. Rico Lewis has been at City for however many years. But ever since pet has been there, we've got that DNA running through the club. So what they're doing, maybe at a younger age group level, it's the same as what the senior guys are doing. So it's easier to fit in with what the first team are doing. So Rico Lewis has made that transition. He's got tenacity. He's got pace. He's got Uh, It looks like a good football brain on him. And, uh, you know, we were all worried and uh, wondering why we haven't signed a right-back. Rico Lewis is your answer. You know, Kyle Walker's 31. Yes, he's still going to be our first choice. But Rico Lewis is a more than able deputy. He's got, as I said, bags of pace. Um, He'll fill out a little bit. He'll get a bit more strength uh, as he gets older. But, he's, you know, he's in there for a fight. Uh, and that's what you want to see, and, and I also said in the past, because they've grown up supporting City, they'll go the extra mile. And I think Rico Lewis is another one; he'll go the extra mile like Foden, um, and it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. You know, hopefully in, within about five or six years' time, we might have four or five local lads who were who were who, grew, who either born or grew up within a few miles of, uh, of the ground. I think we've got three already with Palmer, Lewis and Forden, and I think we'll get two or three more easily in the next five years. And it's a fantastic feeling to, to have that many uh, kids coming through that are, are sick fans.
0: Bernard, you've seen your fair share of right backs for City. Uh, it's not been a, a position that uh, I think has been crowned in glory but uh, what did you reckon of the young fella?
1: Yeah, he's, he's a he's a great. I'll say little player because he's only little, isn't he? He's not, He's got about another three years growing to do, hasn't he? I mean, if you look at me now, guys, I mean, I, I was actually a medium size till I got to about eighteen, and then when I started have, having proper dinners, I, I sort of uh, sprouted a little bit. So he may grow a little bit tall, and I, and I want that because I want a defender, perhaps. Uh, with a bit of height, who might be able to defend corners and keep the ball out of the net occasionally, and that'd be nice from a defender. And yes, Rico Lewis yes. has got all the attributes, but uh, I'd, li- I'd like I'd a- like a defender coming through who can actually help the defence and and do that bit as well. But uh, a yeah. cracking little player.
2: No one ever says no to a few extra inches. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, oh, guys, come on. come on! You're making your own jokes up now.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm, go, I'm gonna I'm gonna like uh, charge uh, Ray up and set him off because uh, guys we've got to talk about this now one player that w- that that was prominent in the first half um, when I say prominent I'm not saying concussive but it was Jack Grealish and he was um, he was um, prominent I think Ray uh, is the word that many people uh, describe yeah. but. The jury is still out, Ray. Uh, the jury is still out, and it's all about the price tag. Uh, what, look, what, what, what what, are you going to tell me? Look,
2: OK, the jury is out, yes and no, OK? I, I, there are some City fans, there are some City fans, especially some. some of the young ones, and surprisingly, some of the older ones who you thought had a little bit more intelligence, for want of a better word, who uh, are praising Jack Grealish and basically blowing smoke up his ass. I've never been one uh, to to do that. I want to support my players. The price tag, uh, yeah, doesn't help because fans of other clubs always have a pop at him, talk about his stats. I mean, there's that comparison with Almiron who he stupidly, foolishly, naively made fun of at uh, last year's... uh, uh, Title-winning celebrations. Uh, Almiron's actually, I think, got more goals this season uh, than Grealish has in his whole career at City. Um, so that that was a, a bit of a pas on his part. But the uh, what gets me is the is the fans who were, you know, especially okay, in the early in the second half, Grealish made an interception. A, there was a ball passed across at the back, just inside the lead half, and the. The recipient of the pass really had was paying no attention to what was around him, and Grilich was stood there. He, he stepped in, took the ball, and ran away. Now he hasn't got tremendous pace, but when you get the ball and there's no one in front of you, and you, you know, you've got it whilst the, the defenders are in a, a, a standing start, and you've got the uh, the bolts on them, they were never going to catch him. Even so, by the time we got to the edge of the box, someone was uh, right up his hooter. Um, And then they made a very simple pass to Haaland and Haaland tapped it in. Okay, now you've got some City fans who are, are, you know, equating that to something like uh, uh, the great Pele or Maradona or Messi. That is (laughs) wonderful. Honestly, honestly, I I, I dug out very easily eight or ten tweets from City fans praising Jack Grealish. Okay, it wasn't difficult to do. I didn't have to go looking for them. They were just popping up on the timeline. And people saying that was it was a fantastic play. Hang on a minute. And and as someone said, he said, my 80-year-old Nan could have made that pass. And if she could have made that pass, you know, uh, there'd been something wrong with her. It was bog standard, straightforward, nothing special play. And they blew smoke up his backside for that. I don't get that. So he had three really, really good chances to score in that first half. He should have taken, if we're honest about it, should have taken them all. Mm-hmm. Um, same way we say Harlan should have taken his chances, but Grealish, they were really, really good chances. Clear cut chances, in my opinion. He should have taken at least a couple. And he flop, you know, he, he fluffed them. Every single one he fluffed. Then the other problem I have with Grealish... OK, is sometimes he's same, very similar to Mahrez. He'll take a shot when the defender's right next to him and he's, he's obviously going to block the shot. I don't see the point of that. He's, it's like you've got it in your mind that you're going to have this shot, come what may. And if the defender's going to block it, you're still going to have the shot and it's, it's daft. So, you know, last season I was all for you know giving him time and, I, I, and I've said it for every new player. You've got to give them at least a season. Right now, And um, I don't see that he's giving us enough. He's not giving us enough. It's just it's one of those things again, guys. You know, if Grealish's three chances were the only three chances we had in the game and we'd, we'd lost the game 1-0, people would be jumping up again. If that was Mahrez yesterday uh, or the day before, if it was Mahrez who uh, had missed three chances... Uh, but got to assist he'd be he'd still be getting dogs abuse he'd be getting dogs abuse for that because it's Mares. So you know um Greenish is he's get he gets let off. You know, maybe he's because of his cheeky boy attitude and smile and behavior and some of the nice things he does um that you see on social media and all that. But I'm I'm sorry. You know I, I want to I want a guy who he does it on the pitch, first and foremost. And for me right now, he's not doing it. And he's, he's miles away from this side. You know, there's a lot of players I'd have in that team. I'd have McAtee ahead of Grealish because McAtee is doing stuff, even though he's doing it in the championship. So Grealish has got a long way to go to convince me. And, you know, I, I think i will be struggled to be convinced this season. That,
0: uh, that is a, a a very persuasive case uh, we know that Bernard is 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 quite a fan of uh, Jack Grealish. Uh, Bernard, what would you say about um, what you saw from him?
1: Yeah, I would say I stuck up for Jack last season. I thought he's one of our uh, better players last season, but this season I think we've been commenting and I've commented that he's not ta- he's not actually taking it to any sort of real level now. Uh, He certainly should have scored, perhaps, or got on target two of those three. As I said, I'll I'll let him off with that first one. I wasn't too sure about the bobble on the ball when it got to him. But, I mean, I think the one just before half-time, before he scored the goal, uh, literally when it just cleared the bar by inches, how the hell that didn't go at least on target and in the net, I have no idea. So, yes, I'd have to agree with Ray, which I probably wouldn't have done last, last season because I thought he played very, very well. But this year, he's he's not improving and he is a lovely lad. He works for Amazon as well now, part-time, I believe. So, yeah, I just want to see a bit more. And as Ray, as, as Ray said, that second half, this is... It would have been quite funny if he took a shot, wouldn't it, when he went through for that goal. But uh, you just knew. You just knew there's no way Grealish was going to take a shot. He was just going to pass it and give Ireland the responsibility of scoring the goal. But, uh, yeah, I I can't argue too much about what Ray's saying now, even though, as I I said, I I may have done last season.
0: Well, Ray, before we talk about the goal that came just on the stroke of um, added-on time... Um, is there anything else that you want to say about that first half uh,
2: about the first half to be honest I didn't think we were that good you know I didn't enjoy watching the first half I was watching it on the telly I didn't I really didn't enjoy it um, and dare say I find it I, I find it quite boring I really did now you know that's as much that Leeds worked hard they were very compact and they worked hard they were up all over that pitch so whenever the ball went out wide, they were trying to get two or three men out there. So they worked damn hard. But you'd, ex- you'd expect them to struggle in the second half because, you know, they're going to get tired. Um, but I, th- I think, but despite us not being brilliant in that first half, and as I said, I thought we were average, um, we had loads of chances. I mean, Haaland Harland had two... Uh, two shots and there was another through ball from KDB which Haaland actually was through but he didn't take it in his stride uh, he didn't control it properly and it went through to the keeper and then we had the two chances for or three chances for Grealish so, you know we could have had five or six and it's 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 the same theme in lots of games we could have had five or six you know we will talk about the Liverpool game uh, briefly at the end when you know in the Carabao cup we could have been 5-0 at half time Okay, Mm -hmm. so we're having a a lot of opportunities. We just ain't scoring. I think uh, Gundogan had a weak finish as well from a decent pass from Mares. We had plenty of, plenty of chances. Um, But as I said, Leeds worked hard. Um, Meslier made a couple of decent saves and we were poor with the finish. And at some point, better better teams than Leeds are going to punish us. You know, at some point, someone's going to punish Brentford, punishes. So, you've got to take more of your clear cut opportunities. I've been saying this for years. Just because we might create 10 decent chances doesn't mean we shouldn't be putting six or seven away. Doesn't mean you can afford to miss easy chances, especially when it's nil nil or one nil or whatever.
0: Well, I'm going to ask the same question to Bernard. Bernard, before we talk about the goal, um, what was your overall impression about how City? and negotiated that first half against a, yeah. um, a hard-working Leeds team.
1: We should, have been, we should have been out of sight, shouldn't we? Let's be honest about it. See, we should have been three or four goals to the good. All right, every every chance we create can't go in. Of course they can't, but I mean, obviously have a look at the XG and stuff like that. And obviously, XG-wise, uh, you'd expect to score uh, in that first half about three goals, I think, City, and we managed one right at the end. So... Yeah, very disappointing because Leeds, Leeds sort of I thought they'd be a bit more uh, not attack minded, but a little bit freer than they were. They were as everyone's going on about being compact, which obviously they let eleven goals in against us last season. So you could tell the obviously manager Jesse Marsh didn't want the same sort of thing to happen uh, uh, this season. But yeah, it's not Leeds' fault. We certainly had enough chances to before the Rotary goal. We certainly had enough chances to be at least two or three goals to the good.
0: Well, uh, Ray, uh, uh, as we uh, as we noted before, um, Pep didn't really uh, fancy it. He, he did come out with these comments in midweek saying that this is not the team that he wanted to play at this stage. Leeds are uh, very uh, difficult to play against, especially on their own ground. But we did eventually get a goal. It was a I think clocked at forty five plus one, and I think um, uh, Rodri nicked it off off of Amari's chance that didn't go in.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, um, I think it's it started with actually a great hit by Gunduan just outside our box, where he he took the ball and he 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 swiveled in all in one move and, and just took it past uh, the guy who's trying to uh, 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 tackle him. Um, he passed it up to KDB, who legged it down the left wing, um, passed infield to Rodri. I mean, everybody would be assuming he's going to be looking for um, Haaland, but he was, He didn't. He passed it across to, to Rodri, who rolled it out to Mares, who had the shot. Uh, goalie saved it, and Rodri was there following up. I'm surprised he got there before Haaland, but Rodri was there following up, and he he, he obviously he scored the goal. Um and to be honest, even though, as I said, it was a bit boring for me, it's what we deserved. We had so many chances that first half. You know, I think five five or six really good chances. Um, to, to be only 1-0 up wasn't great, but hey, it was better than being 0-0. So you got to take that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great team goal, you know, from back to front. And 1-0, uh, we deserved it.
0: Okay, Bernard. So going into the uh, second half, uh, didn't have to wait that long um, before things changed, and City got uh, City doubled their lead um, on the 51st minute, and uh, this was um, a, a, an interve- a, a intervention by uh, Grealish um, that eventually comes to Erling Haaland, and he gets that. Uh,
1: that, that goal, I mean, he's he is a goal machine. Yeah, I mean, it, well, well he, he was from that one. Monty wasn't, he? He wasn't a goal machine in the first half, but <laughs> uh, yeah, he certainly was from the second half. But yeah, I mean, all credits to Grealish. All right, we've, we've been having a bit of a go at Grealish. All credits to Grealish. I mean, the Leeds defender was napping, wasn't he? He was caught napping. Uh, Grealish <laughs> had, had the temerity and the knowledge to get in there, nick the ball. And interestingly <laughs> enough, I've noticed with Ireland, I think there's a comment. Of, few weeks back uh, before before the world cup break and he was trying to improve you know you know his his finishing with both feet because obviously he tended to prefer one he was getting a bit of criticism which is absolute crap i mean you know let's criticize messi for do, doing everything with his left foot shall we so i mean i think sometimes he's trying to do more with his weaker foot than he does with his best foot. And I think this is perhaps <laughs> his that he's thinking a little bit more than he should be doing. You start thinking as a striker, that's when things go slightly wrong. So I'm going to say that could be a possibility. And even that, even the goal, the second goal, uh, I think the defender almost got to him before he managed to slide it home. But uh, yeah, it never looks as though he's going to miss it. And uh, at 2-0, you think, well, it could be 4 or 5 this.
0: Well, Ray, come on. You've got to give Grealish a wee bit of credit here. He drew the keeper and uh, slided it across for Holland. And, um, and he did what he does. Um, tell, oh, tell me your opinions.
2: Uh, he, no, Mike. It's just, it's, just, uh, what, it's about as good as your, your grammar there. He, <laughs> um, he slid it across. <laughs> slided it or whatever you said. Um, no, look. It's bog. Standard, simple as that. It is bogged. It is basic. It's basic football. He nipped in, got the ball, legged it down the pitch. You know, as Bernard said it. You know, you, people might say he he chickened out of the shot. He gave the responsibility to Harland. It was a better option because it was a tap in for Harland. Uh, but it was straightforward football. Now, I'm sorry. You know, you go you go, you you go, you go into the national league. You go into Sunday football. You know, you'd expect people to be able to do that. Any anybody half decent should be able to do that. Nothing special. He just he just did the basics. He got it right. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say that was a wonderful play. It was bog standard. Second, we'll talk about uh, obviously the second goal he set up was a was a little bit better. Nothing special. Nothing special.
0: That's uh, it's, it's very very funny. Like Ray says, the things that um, people are thinking, but they they don't really want to actually say. I'm just wondering, is, oh, uh, Ray, is, 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 is Ray actually to Andrew Tate of the BFTB? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but um, anyway, here's a pop quiz uh, for you, uh, Bernard. Um, now that the particular goal. Uh, was goal number, how many for Erling Haaland in all competitions this season?
2: 25. 12. Bernard won't get that right. Ray, 25. He scored 26 goals for City. Now, you said all competitions. How many has he scored for Norway?
0: Well, right, OK. Well, Bernard gets it because it is uh, goal number 25. For Erling Haaland this season, so that that's um that that's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, Bernard, let me um just ask you this question. I'm going to go over to Ray after you, but I'm going to uh, start uh, with you. Um, stupid question, but I am known for asking stupid questions. Um, how does he compare with um, Alan Shearer?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know I thought Alan, Alan, Alan. Alan Shearer was just a thug for me. who could score goals. He was he was uh, a very a very physical guy, wasn't he? In early in is physical, but in a nice way. He's, he smiles when he's doing it. Alan Shearer used to used to spit at you while he was fouling you. Early in will, will smile at you while he pushes you over, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of respect there, and that's all I want to say, really. There's a lot of respect between the two guys, and why not? Sent The centre-forward uh, union,
0: isn't it? That's interesting. I think I would probably agree with you, actually, there, Bernard, because um, uh, he was, um, I think, Th- uh, Shearer was a thug, but mm. he, he he was certainly the kind of thug that you'd want in an England shirt. Um, mm. What did you think about, um, about that comparison, Ray? Um, it's look. It,
2: it's too early now. It's too early. haaland has been here not even a half a season. You know, give the guy a, a, a couple of years. You know, let him, and I'm sure he will. Let him prove himself over a period of time. But I've no doubt if Haaland stays fit for the next for the, for the rest of this season and the next two seasons, within three seasons he'll have uh, 100 uh, Premier League goals for City. I have no doubt about that. Uh, You know, Pep's talking about he might even get 40 goals this season. Um, But, you know, 100 goals in three seasons would be incredible. Um, And I don't think Haaland's going to stay here for 10 years. But if he did, he'd smash Shearer's all time record. Smash it. You know, uh, Haaland would skate past 300 goals easily. But I'm not sure he's going to be for 10 years. But look, I, I don't. Records are great and everything else. And uh, I do like them, but for now, I just want to enjoy what he's doing, uh, and I want to enjoy the number of goals he's scoring and um, the dominance he has over defence defenders. Um, you know, who are, a lot of them have lost it in their heads before they even step on the pitch. You know, uh, there are he's already one up on them; he's already in their minds. I just want to keep enjoying what he's doing.
0: My gosh, Ray, are you saying that like? Uh... Like a a player like him is is like is like Prince Nassim Hamed has won the fight before it even begins. Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 get some defenders. Yeah, I mean you got to look at his record. He's got twenty odd goals. You know, in 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 the league, he's got twenty league goals in. He's had fourteen starts. He's got twenty league goals in fourteen starts. So defenders, you can't avoid. Talking about him and you know uh, and, and planning for him and being worried by him, you've got to be. And I think he defeats some of them before he steps on the pitch. Which hey, for City, that's fantastic.
0: Let's go to Bernard. Bernard, um, I do want to ask you about this thing. There were certain comments on uh, social media that I was interested in, and they were uh, they were saying that uh, Rodri. This is a player I want to talk about, Rodri. Has uh, learned certain of the dark arts from Fernandinho. Would you agree with that? Um, no, he's not. He's not. He might
1: have learned them, but he's not as subtle with them as uh, Fernandinho was. That's the problem. Fern, Fernandinho could probably get away with a lot more than Rodri does. I was thinking of that. Uh, I thought Rodri was superb the first half, and I thought Rodri was uh, uh, not as good the second half. I, I thought. I thought when we. When they came back into it a little bit, he, he he made a stupid foul on the edge of the box towards when give Greenwood a chance, and yeah, I, so I don't particularly agree with that. He's just not learned out, but obviously he's got a few years ahead, yeah, hasn't he? But it's just not he's not quite learned the uh, the art of uh, getting away with it. That's a problem which uh, Ferner could do. It
2: it made a few, it made a few fouls. So it, even Fernandinho on the touching up procedure. Uh, of of a number of fouls, you'll get done in the end. Um, yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember the the foully giveaway was someone had lost the ball or something. So he end or you know it was it was dangerous and he just decided the best thing to do was just um,
1: bring the fella down. Uh, was that good? Not a lot, a lot, a lot of ferners fouls would have been up towards a halfway line as well. Rodri tends to do them near our box, which isn't you know for us city fans is is uh, is not very nice, is it? He's
2: he's worrying when it happens, but the, like Mike said, Leeds did get back into it. They scored that that goal from the header. They had a, another one from that just went past uh, the post, mm. very unlucky. And and suddenly, City, who probably uh, I think we had was it we had twenty over twenty shots in that game. If they'd scored that goal, would have been you know a few minutes to go. Would have been three two up. And we've had eight, probably eight <laughs> good proper. Chances to score, and that's that's the frustration that we've been pretty much. They've not been in the game. We've been dominant without being brilliant. We've had so many good, great, great chances,
1: and we're giving them. We an had, opportunity. Uh, yeah, we actually had tw- 26 shots on tar- uh, shots, nine on target, twenty six shots. Loads. Of, you know,
2: and some of the off target ones were greenish. So we had lots <laughs> of great opportunities to score and we didn't take them and then we let the leads back into the game by being sloppy at the back you know sometimes there's some good play from the opposition but overall it's it's something i've not been happy to see is our sloppiness leaving teams in games look at, i'll go back to brentford we left them in the game they they they, they did us we are leaving teams in the game too long um you know 3-0 it should, it should be. A, we should be coasting it from there. We really should. Um, but anyway, you know. Look on the positive. We got the three points. We move on.
0: Well, we're not finished yet. Uh, Bernard, is that is that the problem that you think with Rodri that he concedes fouls uh, too deeply in the pitch and then uh, he doesn't have that gorgeous smile of uh, Fernandinho when he does it?
1: Well, he's just a big lummox, mate. And he? he's, just, he's just a big guy. And when he when he does foul, it's so bloody obvious because he's such a such a big unit. So, yeah, Fernandino could get away with it perhaps because he's he was obviously not not the unit that uh, poor old Rodri is. So you can't miss him, can you? You can't miss Rodri. So he's not going to get away with as much as Fernie used to anyway.
0: Yeah, well, guys, just just before we go too far with the with, with that, I I, I do want to say that I did. I think uh, our followers noticed. I I, I put up um, a tweet there of um, a goal which Rodri scored for us uh, last season. Absolute screamer. He can absolutely do these things just like Cancelo can. Didn't manage to do it in this game. But, uh, Bernard, we did get the third goal. It was Holland again. And despite what we've said about Grealish, he had a hand in this, didn't he? Well, he didn't. didn't fanny about
1: with it, mate. Did he? He just sort of got the ball and then played it back into into the right spot for for Ireland. He didn't try and sort of turn a defender or try try a shot, which, as Ray said early on, was going to get blocked. He literally got the ball, very quickly played it back. It was a quick, basically a one-two, but a, a, obviously they were a good a good few metres apart. But uh, yeah, it didn't mess about. And that, I probably want to say, when we, when we were slagging, not slagging him off, but when Sterling <laughs> was struggling, we wanted Sterling to sort of do things and pass the ball a little bit more. And so if Grealish is struggling. Yeah, just just make sure you pass it back to someone who can actually score a goal. And, and that's all he did. And it was fantastic. Uh, and I think it was a KDB, wasn't it? I think he yeah. some great... Great work by KDB again, leading up to it. I mean, I said Kevin had got used to the pitch by then, and he was he was pulling the strings. So uh, yeah, all, all I was glad that Grealish just learned to. I'll get the ball and pass it straight on to someone who can do something with it.
0: Yeah, um, Ray, what did you think
2: about this one? Well, it did help that the two defenders went to Grealish, and you know, Harland had made the pass. The two defenders went to Grealish and left Harland alone. So. Um, you know the, the, the sensible option was just to give it back to Haaland, which he did. He just, you know, nice straightforward pass in between the two defenders, and Haaland did, did the rest. So, you know, he's just got to, I think, one of the things he's got to do is make decisions quicker. Don't yeah, mess yeah. about. Don't hang on, hang on to the ball. Don't take that extra touch. The right thing to do Haaland's passing the ball. The defenders have run across, give it in back straight away, and bang, uh, you know, um, ball's in the back of the net and uh, Grealish walks off with two, two uh, assists which will um, placate some, some, some fans uh, certainly not the opposition fans
0: Well um, uh, Bernard like 10 minutes later Leeds pulled one back and um, this was um, very gratifying for the commentators they were desperate um, for City to uh, lose points as they always are um, and uh, this was from a corner um, what did you think about this one? Yeah, it is, it is
1: annoying. I think we've talked about this zonal marking and various things. For free kicks and corners, we can set ourselves up. All I ask my players to do is attack the ball. If, if they're in this zone, does that mean they can't attack the ball? Do they have to stay rigid? I mean, f- poor Foden was marking that guy, and he just left Foden for dead. Foden didn't even follow him. He just walked round him, and he, he basically had a free header. I think there's a couple of guys that were uh, probably near him by the time he headed it, but just no one was attacking the ball. So if, if you're going to attack the ball as an attacker, uh, all credit to you for getting the goal because uh, the City defenders didn't attack the ball. The keeper isn't willing to come out and collect the ball because that's not his game. So I'm sorry. We it was just sort of thing that most of us probably thought was going to happen, and it did happen, unfortunately.
0: And, uh, Ray, um, um, a few minutes later, Holland could have had his... Um His hat-trick, I mean, he was straight through with the goalkeeper and uh, basically uh, what they say is that um, he didn't get his feet sorted out.
2: He fluffed it, that's what happened. Um, You know, I think, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a bit behind him. I can't put my finger on it. You know, whether he was uh, not, um, what's the right word, 100% 100% in terms of, you know, he needs a couple of games to be back into it. I, I don't know. You know, he, he should really have scored. It's not the hot Haaland that, we, that we've that we seen in the past, really. He, You know, he normally just steps outside the ball
1: and just pops it in. Um, do, you, do you think do you think guys he does have a problem when he has to think about it a little bit more i know i know it's a silly thing to say all the goals he's scoring but i mean we've seen these these super goals where he stretches for a ball and let you know god, puts it in people. but where he does have that little bit of extra time is he thinking about what foot should he use and that sort of no, thing I, I what do don't you think, think
0: so, no, Not, not not the same as sterling though not the same as oh god no 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 no,
1: no, no, no. So i'm not saying that i'm just saying i'm trying to excuse why he oh, sort on. of fluffed his chance you know where he I did mention before, is he trying to perhaps use his weaker foot sometimes rather than his natural foot uh, to score goals? At? I just I, don't I think
0: know. He definitely, guys, he definitely likes to open up his body and strike yeah. it with the other foot. I think we see that, right? Yeah. The, the thing is,
2: there's been so many goals. If you look at his Dortmund career and at City, where he's had, uh, he's run 30 yards, 40 yards to score a goal. He's had time to think and he still scores. So I, yeah. I don't think that's it. it. It could just one of these. He's just not. I and mean, it sounds crazy because he's had six weeks away uh, from football and you, you got time to train and all that. He just might not be 100% in terms of uh, on it. And he's still a kid. He's, what, 22 years old or something? He's still a kid. So he might not just be 100%. Give him a couple of games you know,
0: and he'll be scoring five. Mm-hmm. Well, um, guys, I mean, there there were uh, little bits and sniffs of chances uh, between then and the end of the game, but it ended up 3-1 to City. We got the points. We're five points behind uh, Arsenal because they won again. But um, um, what I'd like to do, guys, just as we're coming to the end, is just to go back uh, just a little bit before that and talk about... The, the uh, game against Liverpool, obviously high stakes game, and uh, we know all about them and uh, the the whole rivalry thing, and uh, we we snuck it, Bernard, didn't we?
1: Yeah, well, we snuck it, but I think once we have actually got our noses in front for the third time. I don't think Liverpool had much to offer. I, I thought we were deserved winners, and we certainly, on the balance of play, we were far, far better. Uh, a lot of interesting offside decisions given and not given which uh, it's nice to see you can go to the match and celebrate a goal without worrying about someone coming back later and uh, scrubbing it off or or, or or letting it stand but uh, yeah I think so I think Liverpool I thought was we a bit slack at the back at times again uh, certainly to let them back in it a couple of times but I think finally once we did get that third goal uh, yeah I didn't really see Liverpool getting back into it then
0: Yeah, Ray, what did you think about this? This is obviously a game that was, um, uh, you know, the exchange of goals until the Ake winner. Um, What were you thinking about this? How how did you feel about this particular game?
2: We were miles better than Liverpool. Miles better, Okay. The frustration was we could have been 5-0 up at half-time. That's not a word of a lie. We could have been 5-0 up at half-time. We were miles better, or at least five goals, we were, honestly, we were miles better than Liverpool. And you got Klopp after the game coming out and saying, crap, like, you know, oh, you know, we should have done better with the goals and I'm disappointed, otherwise it was an even game and all that kind of rubbish. Uh, did you not see the first chance from Haaland with him, was it in the first minute where uh, he was through and he, try- he tried lobbing the keep and he blasted it into the crowd, you know? Um, we had loads of chances in that first half. Uh, Liverpool were lucky that we didn't score four or five goals. Uh, And in the second half, you know, we were still pretty dominant. So the frustration was we let them get back in the game when they didn't deserve it. They weren't good enough. They didn't deserve to be back in that game. And I'm disappointed a little bit with Laporte, excuse me, for their second goal because once... Once the ball had been hit down the line, Laporte was never... Was it Nunes running on, I think? Laporte was never going to catch him. Never. Never. He should really just brought him down. You know, I'm not an advocate of the dirty player like that. But he should have just brought him down, took the yellow card. It won't have been a red card because we had, um, I think, Aki in the middle. Take it. You know, he should have been more aware of what was around him. What was around him was Aki was in the middle, uh, running back. And Liverpool had two players coming through the middle, and that's it. So Laporte should have done the foul. I think the keeper should have come out, but it's very hard for him to make that split second decision. Um, and Aki was just uh, not watching Salah well enough. But once again, again it's difficult. You know, if you're both uh, you know galloping at pace into the box, and one guy suddenly stops. You know, you can't put your anchors on quickly and that's kind of what happened and Salah was free and he just tapped it into the empty net. Um, But to give Liverpool chances when, you know, when we were up to to have a situation where it was three on two was ridiculous, in my opinion. Um But look, as I said, the main thing for me was we were miles better than them and that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, um, uh, Bernard, one thing I think that was abundantly clear, obviously Haaland got his goal. There's a big difference between Erling Haaland and Darwin Nunez, as we saw in this game. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think he missed a good... He, he had a hat-trick, didn't he? But it was a hat-trick yeah. and misses. Uh, I mean, one one or two of them were probably... Uh, or certainly one of them was OK, not too bad. But he's it, actually... You know, he's got a whole goal to aim at. All right, we know Edison's not the greatest. I think there was one where Edison was. I think it was a third chance he had in the second half, and I think Edison had come too far over. So there's quite a big gap. There's quite a big gap for Nunez to actually put the ball in, and he put it. He put it about three yards wide, and yet you know, thankfully Edison got away with it. But his positioning wasn't great, and we we've seen that with Edison anyway in, in previous games, but. Yeah, it, it was pretty awful. I mean, you know, when it comes down, all right, he got his assist, of course, for the, for the one of the goals. But uh, he, he should have had, yes, we did, slow, we did slow, so we did have more chances. We certainly should have been three or four by half-time. It probably could have been about 7-3 or something like that by the end because uh, Nunez certainly should have had one or two goals.
0: Ray, a little bit of uh, love
1: for Mahrez when he put us 2-1 up. That was a nice goal.
2: Yeah, he's, he's he's always got like great first touch, one of the best first touches in in world football, um, and he he just got it right. And the ball comes across, the defenders coming out to close him down, and in what it, it, his control was so good that it's a really difficult skill is to actually move the ball as you control it. So he controlled it, but he he, he moved the ball to the side. And cutting, he was cutting inside as the defender was still getting in position. It was a, it was dreamy stuff, um, and yeah, he, he put it in. It was um, a well taken goal. Um, you know, as, and we said it's no more than what City City deserved, um, but you know, yeah, seven three would have been a, a, a better scoreline. You know, I, I always say when you when you miles better than someone, put them to the sword. And if it's Liverpool or Man United or Arsenal or Spurs, yeah, put them to the sword. Really, really hammer it home. Um, look, um, but we're
0: through through to the quarterfinals.
2: Fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we we dispense with them. But I I, I just want to just play on this just for a couple of uh, minutes more, uh, Bernard. Apart from like someone like Marco van Basten, have you ever seen anyone that can control a football from? From uh, delivered from distance uh, better than Maui's.
1: No, I must admit, in that, in that same game against Liverpool, there, w- there were a couple where they went out to the wing and he actually miscontrolled it and they went out for throw-ins. And that's very, very rare. But I think he probably was saving it up for the goal, wasn't he? I mean, and there's one, I know we don't want to go back to the uh, to the Leeds game, but there was one where... Uh, he was. Put, he, he, I thought he was going to get a little toe on it. Uh, I think Gundo put it through, and it looked as though he's just going to get his left foot on it, and he yeah. didn't. And no one would pick on him for it, but. I thought someone like Mares, I thought he would have got it a little toe on it or something because he's so brilliant at doing that. And I was really disappointed that he didn't. I just, because you know, I do expect him, all right, we, critic, we might criticise him generally, but I do expect him to do that sort of thing. And yeah, that that for me uh, is something that I love to see. Yeah. And sometimes I expect a bit bit more from him though, which is a bit unfair when, you know, he's got such a wonderful touch. I think that was a really difficult piece of skill, to yeah. he, he was yeah. thinking of
2: scoring and I'll, I'll tell you who yeah. made the pass the, the guy who made the pass was Jack Grealish it was actually a very very good oh, there pass go.
1: him. yeah a little yeah. chip for, little chip through wasn't yeah. he, he just looked as though he was angling it you know it's coming over his shoulder his left foot and he just I, I just assumed he was going to get a little toll to it which, which yeah. would have been enough to take it past the keeper but uh, yeah he, he just missed it which is a shame
2: it was, it's, it's a difficult uh, skill the, uh, actually yeah. I think the easier, bo- easier thing to do there which he didn't think about was actually to square it to Haaland because I think yeah. he, he could have yeah. got more of his foot on the ball if He was trying to square it to Haaland, who would have had a tapping. Then, what he was trying to do was, was obviously score whilst he was turning around and swiveling. Yeah. So, it, yeah. it was very, very difficult from the angle he was coming. Then, to try and hit the ball the other way, uh, you know, it's very, 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 very difficult. But, you know, there was one in that, that first half in the, in the Liverpool game I remember where he it's like he he missed, he thought he had more time than he did, he kind of slowed down. And then he had to speed up and then it was too late. And he'd made
0: that yeah, yeah. Uh, I think an error of thought, but it happens. It happens to the best of us. You know, guys, I think we're we're nitpicking we're nitpicking a little bit, I guess, because he's so good at that. There's no one better in in Europe um controlling the ball than him. Um what he does with it from there, that's another question. <laughs> but um, uh, I think Ray will agree with me on that. But we we anyway uh, we got them out of the way, uh, Ray. Who have we got in the next
2: round? We're at Southampton. Uh, have they got they got a new manager, aren't they? So that's that's going to be um, an interesting game. Um, but you'd like to think that we're more than capable of winning that
0: and getting through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to encourage encourage the two uh, the two lads to go onto the BBC website right now and 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 let's take a look at the league table. Uh, briefly, um, I know Ray doesn't want to do it, but um, but Ray are still are they're still doing it. They're still five points ahead, and it's beginning to annoy me. Um, what do you think, Ray?
2: Look, you got to give them credit. That's the first thing you have got to give them credit. They've uh, they're up there. They're up there for a reason. They're up there because they're winning games. Simple as that. Um, in the whole season, they've drawn one, lost one. Won thirteen. That's why they're top. We normally it, it's actually strange because the team that win the most games is usually City, and we've only won eleven. Um So you, you you're going to give them credit, and to actually, I'll whisper this: I'll Arsenal in the last game uh, at least were more exciting to watch than Man City. I have to whisper that they were more, much more exciting to watch. Um, the young players doing it, um, and you know all those little touches around the box, finding a way to pick the uh, the lock. Um, like that's uh, so many times, it, it, they're very very enjoyable to watch right now. And they may not have a big squad, but I think they you. Know, I've said it about City as well in the past, once you've got eight or nine players playing at a really good level, you can carry one or two players. You know That's how we carried um, in the first few seasons under Pep Zinchenko and um, Delft at left-back. We, we carried them, really. um, Because the rest of the team was so, so brilliant. And I think Arsenal have been able to do that. If Nketiah can score goals while Jesus is away, then Arsenal are not going to Easily fall away. Look, we've still got to play them twice. They've got, you know, some big games to come. Then maybe the two important games. You know, we can't easily dismiss Newcastle, even though we're two points ahead with the with the game in hand. Newcastle are winning games. They're winning loads of games, so you can't easily dismiss them. And they're scoring a decent number of goals. So you think those are the three teams that will be uh, probably fighting it out. Uh, and even though Spurs are fourth out, they're, they're not very good. Um, so, yeah, Arsenal, um, Arsenal for them. It's, theirs to, it's theirs to lose, isn't it? They're going to they have some pressure on them. And I think at some point they will crumble. That's what we're all expecting.
0: Well, uh, Bernard, um, uh, just uh, taking a look at the situation at the moment, uh, uh, Brentford are 2 nil up against West Ham. That doesn't really mean anything to us. Uh, Liverpool have benefited from two own goals um, from Leicester. They're two-one up against Leicester with fifty-five minutes gone. Um, uh, Jurgen Klopp was talking about this big fight for for the top four. Uh, do you really believe that it is going to be a big fight for the top four?
1: Yeah, well, well for <laughs> Liverpool, I think. Yeah, I think Liverpool will do all right. I think Liverpool will, be, will still challenge. I think we've said that before. You know, all they need to do is go on a bit of a run. Um, They're certainly all right. They didn't show anything fantastic against us in the Carabao Cup, but uh, we know they can win games from from not being probably the the best. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. He's got to aim for that. He's got, you know, he's got to keep the fans interested. He's got to keep his his board happy. So he's he's got to come up with the positives. Uh, But at this point in time, I'm I'm personally. Uh, i worried about Arsenal, and I'm even worried about Newcastle. I think uh, Eddie Howe's doing a wonderful job at, at Newcastle. I mean, I wouldn't mind if they'd gone out and bought half-decent players, but it, they're sort of doing it with with a lot of the players that obviously brought in last season, etc. But yeah, I think he's doing wonderful yeah. stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that'll be I'm it. I'll tell you what, it's not a City game I'm looking forward to. I'm but the, the Arsenal-Newcastle game yeah. in a couple, in a few days' time, uh, that, that should be a cracking game. I, I don't know what time it's on, whether it's on when City are on, I don't know, but I'll be watching that one with uh, enthusiasm, as Ray said there. I'm not going to uh, say that Arsenal are wonderful and better than City, but uh, what a cracking game that should be, and I think we should look forward to that, and I will look forward to it as long as we beat Everton and Chelsea in the next next two games.
0: Well, uh, <clears throat> Uh, Ray, I, I know you've touched on it already, but just as we finish, um, give me your assessment of our rivals. Where we're talking about Arsenal, uh, Newcastle, and possibly Tottenham. Oh, what well. do you
2: reckon? Yeah, I think you threw Tottenham in there as a joke. Uh, it's not April Fool's, you know. Um, Ars- look, I said it already, Arsenal have won 13 out of 15 games. They're scoring two and a half goals a game. So they're doing the business. they deserve to be top. Newcastle um drew a few games early in the season and now they've won at least six on the bounce. So they're in great form. You know, they they've got a, a decent squad now. They've got out of bought players in the in, in the summer and, and last season, I think. And they they'll buy some buy more when they need to. I think they're gonna be up there for for a while, I, I can't see them easily dropping away. And if you look at some of their games, you know they lost against Liverpool, and I think they were they were done. They only gave their losses against Liverpool away from home, and I think they got uh, cheated there. Um, they they could have beat us. They were three one up against us. So, you know, I can't see them easily falling away. They've got a great team spirit. and Almiron's doing the business. Spurs, they don't start playing until they took one or two goals down. They don't start playing till the second half. If they could have started, you know, the funny thing is, Spurs are only five points behind us. Only five points behind us. We, yes, we got that game in hand. Um, th- then you got United, and this is it's disgusting. Man United are six points behind us. They're rubbish. And then you then you got Liverpool. So um, I think there's going to be a mad scramble because um, I think after that, Chelsea and Brighton, they're a little bit away. Um, but Spurs are on thirty points, United are on twenty nine, Liverpool are on twenty eight, Brighton and Chelsea are on twenty four. Uh, okay, they've got a game in hand, so they'll get. You'd expect at least Chelsea to get a bit closer. Um, so it's going to be a mad scramble for the top four, you know. Um, and I, I, I think Newcastle will hold their own for long enough, uh, but it's going to be really tight, really tight. It's going to be one of the. Most enjoyable fights, I think, for ages because, you know, as I said, so many clubs—probably um, eight, seven, at least seven teams—are in that fight. So it's going to be incredible um, uh, season. It's be, it's weird because of obviously the World Cup, but uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Okay, Bernard, uh, just to remind us all: what are the next couple of games coming up for City next?
1: Well, Everton, Everton tomorrow. So at uh, the Etihad, three o'clock kickoff, which uh, uh, hopefully shouldn't be too much of a problem. And of course, uh, a slightly more difficult game next Thursday evening at Stamford Bridge, and then we've playing very quickly again in the FA Cup, don't we? So um, yeah. yeah, that'll be interesting. Chelsea had, had a good victory last night, didn't they, or yesterday? Um, yeah, that, that's, that's the next. We've got a certain derby coming up very soon. But, yeah, I, I just want six points from Everton and Chelsea game, and then we'll worry about what comes after that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move over to final thoughts, guys, because we've been on now for like 80 minutes. I think that's pretty much uh, enough uh, for uh, our uh, followers. Um, final thoughts, uh, Ray. Uh, give us yeah. something positive to think about. Uh, well, I'm positive. We're
2: second in the table. We're through to the quarterfinals of the um, uh, of the Caribbean Cup. Um, we've got an interesting set of fixtures ahead. You know, football's back. City are back,
1: and we're winning. Nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Okay, final thoughts from Bernard. Yeah, again, um, it's what I mean. I think Pep said, uh, "Mr. Harland isn't." properly fully fit again yet is he so uh, uh it can only get better guys can't it and he'll he'll start scoring instead of scoring uh, two goals he'll score his five goals a game and he could top about 60 70 80 goals this season there's a positive for you to, to finish yeah. off
0: <laughs> yeah it, that that's a nice thing to finish off with and it's also quite nice that uh that pep um said uh that uh uh, Calvin Phillips has a sexy body, a sexy body, Bernard. Do you reckon any of us. No, could- but yeah, it, it, it didn't take him long to lose his puffy fat, did it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm a bit jealous, but uh, obviously, all credit to Phillips. It didn't take him long to lose the weight, did it?
0: <laughs> all right. Well, listen, guys, that'll do us for now. Thank you very much for listening and for following us at the Bolt from the Blue. Uh, we'll finish off here. In the normal way. And we'll see you again after the next game. We'll talk about that. But until then, have one on us. And up the blues.
1: Up the blues.